Your concern over my social life is most gratifying. Thank you. Pal, I love you like a brother. But you're allowing a chick to come between us who's a full-fledged witch. Come on, Filbert. You know what it would be like married to that dame? Every time she picks up her broom, never knowing whether she's going to sweep or fly. On Halloween, when the kids come for trick-or-treat, they give her candy. Ah. I tell you, pal, you'd be ruining two lives, yours and mine. Dames are poison to you. Look, Filbert, Angela and I are good friends. I mean, she's, she's warm, she's soft, she's beautiful. She's a witch. She's... Now, cut that Hi, this is Shirley Jones, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that this week is remembering the life and career of William Shallert. William Shallert, the prolific film and television actor who was born this week in 1921. William Shallert passed away in 2016. We had the opportunity to talk to Bill several times on and off the air in the early 2010s. We're playing highlights from those conversations as part of our program this week. Before he starred as Patty Duke's dad, Doby Gillis' teacher, and the admiral on Get Smart, William Scheller began his career as a member of the Circle Theater Group in Los Angeles, where he worked with such film and television legends as Charlie Chaplin, Mabel Albertson, Kathleen Freeman, and Danny Arnold. We will ask Bill, about some of his many television roles in just a second. But first, you know, just just talking about some of the early experiences as as a young actor. I mean, uh, yes, it could be daunting to work with a guy uh, like like Chaplin. You know, not only because of you know his his reputation, but because you're seeing him in action. It could be very you know it, it could be very intense. But at the same time, it's a great opportunity to learn from one of the best. Yeah, well, it, with all of those things. He, he was obviously a towering figure mm-hmm. based on the fact that he was a world-recognized genius on film. The Little Tramp was, was loved by everybody in every country and every culture. And uh, uh, Charlot was his nickname mm-hmm. in France. And uh, Charlie the Little Tramp. Uh, everybody knew Chaplin, and he would do... He would. After the twenties, he would release one picture every five years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, but they were wonderful films, you know. He did Modern Times and Modern, well, Modern Times was the last one. Uh, uh, City Lights. City Lights. Yeah, that was that, that's a wonderful film. Really, it has one of the great endings in the world where he's helped this blind girl to, to get her sight restored, but she she's never seen him. Mm-hmm. And they meet each other on the street after he's he's paid for the operation, and she sees him, and suddenly realizes when he starts to talk to her who he is that he's the man who gave her back her sight, and now she can see him, and he's just this this little tramp of a guy, and the two of them look at each other, and she she says you, and he says you. <laughs> and then there's this moment between them when I, it's so moving and it's hard to talk about. It's one of the great moments I've ever seen on the screen, and it's his reaction to her mm-hmm. that he sees. You know, it, it's the whole story of their lives uh, that were intertwined for this brief period when he was helping her. And but now she realizes that she's become somebody, and he's still sort of this this nameless 
tramp who lived on the street, but who somehow or another managed to, to give the money to, to restore her sight. It's one of the great scenes I've ever seen. City Lights, I think that was. Yes, and it's, I believe that's available on DVD. I think TCM shows it occasionally on, uh, uh, during, yeah. on, on Sunday well, nights. Well, the last scene in that is one of the great scenes I've ever seen on the screen. And it's such a great movie. So we were working with this certified genius mm-hmm. who, who also used to give us recordings of the music from Monsieur Verdoux, which is a film he's about ready to release. He gave us recordings, and we used to play those when people would come into the theater. They were kind of bouncy, upbeat French musical songs. Mm-hmm. His association with the theater was pretty close for several years. And it was just before he he went off to Europe and then was denied uh, the right to come back to the United States. Right, but, which, 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 which is a story we can get into on another time. We're talking to William Shallert, star of Get Smart. Dobie Gillis, The Patty Duke Show, The Nancy Drew Mysteries, and an actor who has appeared in more than 100 movies, as well as countless other television series. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Bill, I do want to ask you a general question, uh, because uh, several times in our conversations, you've slipped into different dialects. You you did a British accent when you were uh, mimicking Chaplin. I think earlier you did a French accent. That's a skill that not everybody has. How did you develop your ability to do dialects? I, I didn't develop it. I, I found I could do it. Uh, and then once you learn you can do it, you can, there are sources you can get. Now, now you can get recordings that will tell you uh, how to speak with various accents. And uh, I, I don't know. You know, I was, I was musical, so maybe that helped. But I, I've generally been able to, to imitate people's accents. Uh, I grew up in a, f- a family where my mother and her mother used to speak German to each other mm-hmm. all the time. So I was always able to do a, a sort of Americanized version of the German accent. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, my mother's mother, was born and raised in Davenport, Iowa. So he wanted to say, Tata, we used to call her Tata. Tata, why, why are you talking that way? You come from Iowa. <laughs> she would speak, she spoke English with a German accent. So I know I heard a lot of that, and in the 30s there were a lot of German refugees in town, and my mother used to be a pretty good mimic. So I used to hear stuff like that, and I don't know, you know, I, I would try things out like that. I guess if you're an actor, well, you, you tend to want to imitate what other people do. Well, if whatever gets your foot in the door, and if, if casting directors are looking for uh, an actor who's capable of doing a realistic German uh, accent or British accent, and, and if uh, William Shallard's available, they think of you. Yeah, well, that's that's how I got... When I worked an awful lot during the 50s. Mm-hmm. At first, at the beginning of the 50s, it was very slow. But then gradually, uh, by the end of the 50s, there were 110 television series shooting in town, and which is an enormous number. And uh, they were they were mostly largely half hour shows. There was a few hour shows in there, but it was just an awful lot of work. And in 1959, the, the last year of the 50s, mm-hmm. I I don't know why I have to explain that. <laughs> I worked I worked 57 times. Wow. Uh, not not no no commercials. This was just jobs. No, this this, this is episodic. This is episodic television yeah, and or film. Television. Yeah. That's more than once a week. Wow. Yes. I mean, uh, but and I don't know. You know, if I, on IMBD, 
IMBD, I guess it is, International Movie Database. Right. I, I've got, I, I have over 300 uh, jobs or things that I've worked on. So, you know, I, I was busy. And, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was flexible and they could cast me in all kinds of things. And then along the line, I, I worked I worked on Gunsmoke a few times, but I, I got to know Dennis Weaver. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dennis came from uh, Joplin, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, well, I, I can't imitate him exactly, but... but uh, no, he's, he's got that drawl. He's got that slow drawl. Yeah, and, and it was... That, that's the kind of a standard accent for American hicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are, are American country people. They they all kind of speak with this sort of. Uh, it's a southwestern Texas mm-hmm. or southwestern United States manner of speaking. Joplin, Missouri, in, in the Ozarks, they talk that way, and and there's other places that do too. In the Appalachians over there in East Tennessee, and, and in. In North Carolina, so I, you know, I learned a, a, that one pretty well. I could do it pretty well. <laughs> pretty well. Anyway, I, I had a good time. I don't do it anymore because I, I'm not working much now, but I'm, I used to. Yeah. And, uh, so you know that stuff gets in your head, and, and it, you, you kind of remember it. Yeah. Now, course, I was once asked by a casting director if I did a French accent. And I said, no, but I, I, I could learn one tonight because I already can do a German. And so I did the German for her, and she said, all right, give it a try. And so I came in the next day, and I worked on the show, and I was doing a French accent. I'd learned it by listening to, to a record with Maurice Chevalier. So I, and then, well, I went to France one time with my wife, and she said when I would, instead of speaking French, I would sometimes speak English, but with the French. So <laughs> <laughs> that were going to get me by. And of course, the French despise anything like that. Now, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think 59, I think 50, it was either 58 or 59 was when Dobie Gillis started. And Dobie was your first, I mean, you had done television before, but Dobie was the first time you were a regular member of the cast or a recurring member of the cast. And I, and I understand, uh, Bill. Yeah, I, I was. I wasn't under contract to them, but I, I had a recurring role. Right. And any time they needed the teacher, uh, Mr. Pomfret, as they said, Mr. Fried Potatoes. Pomfret, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I said, okay. I was glad. That's one of the reasons I worked that many times, because I had, I had that job where they would call me pretty regularly to mm-hmm. do that show. And then I also worked on something called uh, Philip Marlowe, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which I played a Jewish police lieutenant, 40 years old, with a sardonic sense of humor. But I said the guy who cast me in it had the sardonic sense of humor. He <laughs> <laughs> was a very talented writer named Gene Wang, and he was sometimes called a Chinese laundry. <laughs> I don't know why. It doesn't even make any sense. He was the story editor on Perry Mason, and so he had a very, very strong opinion about how you should construct a mystery show. And w- when it came to the half-hour format, Perry Mason was an hour show, mm-hmm. but on our show we only had a half hour. There would always be five possible suspects for uh, to solve the crime, and somebody would have been murdered or 
a lot of money had been stolen or somebody, a major crime of some kind. And one of the five people was going to be the suspect. But, and the always, all of them were constructed. It was like, it was like it was the, uh, the Catholic mass, mm -hmm. the format that was almost rigid. And Gene was a specialist in writing for, for that. And he also wrote very well for this sardonic Jewish police lieutenant I was playing. Manny was my name. It's probably the only time that I was cast in a part where, where I was so miscast in terms of ethnic. <laughs> but, you know, it wasn't that Manny, Manny didn't talk like he was from, say, from, uh, you know, the beach in Florida or mm -hmm. anything like that. But, uh, but he, and he, so he wasn't, he didn't sound Jewish. He didn't sound anything ethnic at all. But, but he had a very sardonic way of talking. And that suited me. I could do that. So I, I worked on that show at the same time I was working on Dobie Gillis. But I did, I don't know how many of those. I, I, did, I did a full season of them, probably 20 or, or more shows. Most of them in 59 and then in 60. And meanwhile, I was also working on Dobie Gillis. But I wasn't under contract with either one of them. It's just that I was available. And I understood I was supposed to be available for the Philip Marlowe. For the Philip Marlowe, yeah. I knew that I was supposed to hold myself open for it. I, I had a similar deal with uh, with another show the year or two before that, where I where I played a newspaper editor, Justinian Tebbs. Oh, uh, Jim Bowie. Jim Bowie. Yes, I played. Yeah, like I remember the guy's name. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of the show that I did it in. You're listening to an encore presentation of a conversation with film and television actor William Schallert that originally aired in July 2013. We'll take a quick time out, then we'll continue our conversation when we come back for hour number two of TV Confidential. Stay with us. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 